If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Weird Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we talk about true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal, and pretty much anything weird and macabre to provide you a distraction from your everyday life. I'm Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back to true crime, and we're doing an international one. Oh, are we? We're going overseas to a place that I am, like, dying to go to. Uh, I know. But before we get into that, Christy, what is your need for a distraction this week? Uh, my distraction this week is going to be that I am sad that we just came back from vacation. Oh, yeah. And I want to break again. I, I know. don't want to go back to work. Ugh. I just like that little tidbit. So I'm just distracting from having back to real life. I know. I literally just took, what was it, like, a week and a day off from work and mm-hmm. I am already dreading checking my emails and my voicemails and my text messages and literally I just don't want to turn on anything work related. I'll be like, where are you? Help me. <laughs> where have you been? How dare you go off again? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but you know what? It was great to be off and great to take a little adventure and we'll be happy to share that little adventure with you uh, when we have our Patreon up. So we are, as mentioned, I think we've dropped it a couple times. We have been looking into Patreon. I think we're going to try and start in 2021 um just because we want to make sure we have enough content to kind of bust out with Mm -hmm. um but yeah something to look forward to something something weird is coming through (laughs) anyway without further ado let's jump into the case so this week we are talking about anders byring breivik from Norway. It's quite the name. Yeah, I had a jolly phonics a lot of names this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry in advance if I actually do mispronounce anything. Um, so Anders Byring Breivich, uh, who also went by Footloff Hansen and by the pseudonym Andrew Berwick, was born February 13th, 1979 in Oslo, Norway, making him an Aquarius. Oh. I know. I don't, th- I don't know if we've had an Aquarius yet on the show. Not that I've noticed. Well, welcome. You might have. We might have, <laughs> but if not, welcome. We're not impressed already. So, <laughs> uh, Anders was the son of Venka, a nurse, and civil econ- economist Jens. Uh, Jens worked as a diplomat for the Norwegian embassy in London and later Paris. Anders spent the first year of his life living in London with his family until his parents divorced shortly after. Uh, his father would fight for custody, however, unfortunately didn't win, and he would remain with his mother up until he became an adult. Uh, his father would marry a co-worker after the divorce, was final with Venka. So he moved on. I don't know if there's infidelity. I don't know the tea. They just... Not together. Not together. 
Uh, Anders reportedly has two half-brothers and one half-sister from Jens and a half-sister from Venka. Uh, Anders was living in Oslo's affluent West End when he was probably about four years old uh, when there was a documented concern regarding his mental health, which seemed to uh, lead to attempts for Anders to be removed from parental care, so a.k.a. Venka. A psychologist in one report made a comment of Anders that he had a peculiar smile. Essentially, they wrote that the smile suggested that it wasn't a, quote, not anchored in his emotions, but rather a deliberate response to his environment. So essentially, like, he was forcing it, which is really sad in a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, be happy. Yeah. There were also reports that Anders' mother, Vanka, had sexually physically and emotionally abused Anders at a young age, and Vinka has been described, and this is a direct quote from Wiki, as a woman with extremely, with an extremely difficult upbringing, and apparently was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and visible depression. Which, I mean, okay. <laughs> also not a good outlook for her children, no. No, not a good situation. So, further documents also know that Vinka um, pro- projects her primitive aggression and sexual fantasies onto Ander, Anders. Okay. Yeah, so it's just a it's just a messy situation. So allegedly during the pregnancy, Venka had showed hatred towards Anders, knowing that he was a nasty child, like before he left the womb, and claimed that he was kicking her on purpose, which I, I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. I don't have a, a baby in my womb to be able to She knew she was growing the double child. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, apparently she wanted to abort him when she and Jens came back to Norway. However, she already passed the three-month marker, so it was kind of too late. Um, once he was born, Venka reportedly stopped breastfeeding her son early because she felt he was sucking the life out of her, and her neighbors claimed that the only time they wouldn't hear Venka yelling at Anders when, when she was working, and he was reportedly left alone, like at a really young age. She was sucking the life out of her. She was sucking... She was not. Yeah, she was sucking the life out of him, not the other way around. <laughs> or, pretend, I mean, kids are exhausting, but, like, I feel like if you have that mindset already, you're... Doomed. You're doomed. So, Anders was placed with a young couple for respite, where the identified male of the couple would later report to police that Anders, and this is, again, when he's a kid, asked the man if he could touch his penis... Because he had no one to compare himself to except for, quote, girl parts. Anders was two at this time. What? Yeah. That's too early to be knowing stuff or trying to... Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, could you imagine taking a kid in for respite and all of a sudden he comes up to you and he's like, Hey, can I see your wing wing? Because I've only (laughs) seen, like, a, a, a female part. I don't know what, like, slang you could use. I don't know. But, like... Too little for that, yeah. Too little for that. Well, not even, like, I don't think at any age that's cool. Like, if a 12-year-old came up to me and be like, hey, can I see your boobs? I've never seen boobs before. I'd be like, absolutely not. No, yeah, like, it's just all around, like, inappropriate behavior that he was already, like, supposed to because of his mom. Exactly. Gross. Sad. So, I think services and people involved with Anders knew what was going on behind closed doors, but could never remove him from Vanka's grasp. This could be due to the fact that one of the staff from the nursery Anders attended claimed that he was a happy child, not problematic at all. And, you know, overall, during investigation, 
these workers or worker essentially kind of would dismiss and be like, oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. They're like, well, I mean, he sees he's fine. He's well, he's ain't fine. But she keeps saying he is and she sees him most often other than the mom. Right. Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to freaking say, no, everything's fine. Everything's kosher. You know, like yeah, she's doing all bad things. Exactly. So, during a hearing, a young social worker who had never represented a case in court went against a well-experienced lawyer hired by Vanka. Essentially, the social worker didn't stand a chance. So, the court stated that supervised visits were required apparently after this hearing. However, this only lasted for three visits before it was discontinued, and Anders never went to respite care again. So, essentially, any kind of help from the outside was just... Taken away. Taken away. So... Fast forward to um, school year, uh, school years, sorry. Anders attended Oslo Commerce School from 1995 to 98, where classmates recalled that Anders was smart, strong, and would be known to take care of those who were bullied. He also attended church during this time, specifically attending the Lutheran Church of Norway. Although he was a good student and connected with the church, Anders' teen years were far from being cookie cutter. He was known to be rebellious. Uh, he apparently participated in graffiti and was apparently part of a hip-hop community in Oslo, which, like, I don't know why that makes him rebellious. Just Why well, that's an important tidbit. <laughs> I know. I saw it and I was like, I have to include it because it's just weird. Because they're like, oh yeah, he was rebellious. He, like, was in a hip-hop gang. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that's just... Kids being kids. That's p- kids being kids. And not only that, but, like... It's making him rebellious. Uh, why does that make him rebellious? Yeah. Like, the graffiti, yeah, I get it. Yeah. he's drawing dicks everywhere, then yeah, that's problematic. <laughs> like, if he's just listening to some R&B or hip-hop, like... He's just a kid. He's just a kid. Uh, Andrews was getting super into graffiti, though, so much that he was caught by police seven times, had two fines from child welfare services after being caught in 95, and then fined again. His father apparently, allegedly... Stopped speaking to him, and when they the two would never speak again after this. So they stopped speaking in 95. Uh, however, Jens claims that he didn't stop speaking to his son because of the graffiti incident. Jens claims that Anders stopped speaking to him. So we got some drama happening. It's like a little bit of he said, he said. A little contradictory. Exactly. And around this time, too, Anders broke off contact with the hip-hop community after him and his best friend had a huge falling out. So drama again. Another he said, he said. On the yeah, shit's going down. So, transitioning from his teens to adulthood, Anders spent his time weight training and using anabolic steroids. He was known to kind of always be obsessing over his looks, wanting to continuously look big and strong to everyone he meets. So, he was a, he was a roid guy. Mm. He, he just really wanted to be the next... Bulk up. Yeah, the next bulk thing. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say Hulk, but I'm like, I don't know. He was just trying really hard to look good. Trying too hard. Too hard. Um, so supposedly he also went for cosmic cosmetic surgery on his chin, nose, and forehead while in his early twenties. Fully done. Yeah, yeah. Anders was actively known to be anti-Islamic, anti-Muslim, and overall possessed a, possessed an anti-Semitism views. Semitic views essentially he just didn't like anyone who looked like who didn't look like him he was kind of what i'm gonna call an asshole okay (laughs) yeah so he noted he was inspired by groups such as al-qaeda which 
Yikes. And would later identify that his religion was and is Odism, which is also called heathenry and is a modern pagan religion. Uh, he was allegedly a member of the Lodge of the St. Olaf at the Three Columns in Oslo, a.k.a. a part or at least somehow connected to the Freemasons, which if you remember Ray Rivera episode, yes. spooky shit. Uh, he was a member, but not technically a Mason, according to a later interview with the Grand Master. So the Grand Master is like, yeah, he he was involved, but he wasn't, like, really involved. He was in the clique, but he wasn't, like, really a part of the clique, you know? He didn't wear pink on Wednesdays. He was new. Too new. He was new. So at around roughly the same time, specifically the age of 21, Anders was working in a customer service, working in a customer service department, Apparently working with people from all over, uh, he was known by a colleague to be exceptional at this job, while a close friend at the time claims that Anders' ego was so large and in charge, he would become irritable with those who were uh, Arabian or South Asian. So, like, he's a fucking racist, so already I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. And it should be known... That this job follows after Anders was found unfit to serve in the Norwegian army during what I think was maybe like a drafting period. Mm-hmm. So I think he had tried, and they're like, "Nah, bro, nah, we don't want we don't want a roid on the team. <laughs> Take a hike." So the next kind of I've kind of broken this up in a segment. So the next segment kind of focuses on what kind of the meat and the potatoes of the story is, which is the attack he does. Um, So we'll be jumping time frames here between 2002 and 2011. So stay with me. Here we go. Anders was, or has apparently disclosed that sometime in 2002 when he was 23 years old, that he created a nine-year plan to finance a terrorist attack. He essentially was unhappy with how things were going in Norway and being a real narc, he thought he needed to control things on his own terms. Uh, He founded his own computer programming business at this time while he was apparently working in the customer service company. So he was kind of working two jobs trying to hustle to fund this attack. I'm just be real busy and trying to be normal while I just plan to kill a bunch of people. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Anders, (laughs) literally a psychopath. Uh, Anders claims that his company grew to the point where he had six employees and had a reported seven offshore bank accounts, making his first million kroner after approximately one year. So now we're going to break it down some math, because I'm sure people are like, well, how much is a kroner? Yeah, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So, ten krones is equivalent to $2.08 Canadian. Nothing. And $1.59 U.S. So, 1 million krones would be approximately $143,150.50 Canadian and $106,800... Wait, 100,000... I can't math. Anyways, it'd be like over 100 grand is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So, Anders also apparently had nine credit cards allowing him to access approximately $40,000 in Canadian currency. Yeah. So, in a self-run manifesto, and yes, we'll be talking about the manifesto later, don't you fucking worry about it, Anders claimed that he lost 2 million kroner on a stock speculation, but still had about 2 million to fund his attack, however the company would have to declare bankruptcy. So he lost another 2 million? Yep. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Once bankrupt, Anders was reportedly reported for seven breaches of the law, this forced him to move back 
into his mother's home to save money. So, of course, at this time, psychiatrists claimed that Anders' mental health took a nosedive and he went into self-isolation and withdrawal. So he didn't have much money, had to move back with his shitty-ass mother, because let's be real. Vanka. Yeah, Vanka was not... She wasn't great. She wasn't on the top ten. She doesn't sound very good. She doesn't sound great. Um, And things he just wasn't doing well. I mean, he wasn't doing well to begin with, and this just... Not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in 2009, Anders noted that he had no income and about 390,000 kroner in assets. But one year later after this, he was draining his accounts... Jump to June 2011, he paid off all nine credit cards at this time, potentially in, in preparation of the attacks. So, like, one minute he has money, the next minute he doesn't have money, and then he's paying off his debts, he has no assets. Like, it's just confusing. He's just all over the place financially. Yeah. Um, so, in June or July 2011, Anders moved to the small rural town of Rena, which is about 86 miles northeast of Oslo. Anders reportedly started a farming business under the name Breivik Geofarm. In May 2011, the farm purchased six, or he purchased six tons of fertilizer, which is... Not good. No. That's a big component of bad things. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, the mysterious farm was set up to grow veggies, melons, roots, and tubers. In what? Tubers. What the fuck is that? So, tubers, T-U-B-E-R-S, are apparently enlarged structures in some plant species used as storage organs for nutrients, according to Wikipedia. Because I read that and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I could, honestly, I could be pronouncing it right. There's probably someone in their vehicle screaming at me, being like, it's this, it's not tubers, it's this. Fair enough, please email us. (laughs) (laughs) So, in 2010, Anders hops on, off, on a trip to Prague to try and buy illegal weapons, which was an utter failure. That's good. <laughs> well, it was good until he, then he comes back to Norway and buys weapons the legal way. That's not good. Not good. Uh, he buys a semi-automatic 9mm Glock pistol through a membership, uh, which essentially you can get a membership through the pistol club, and an, a police application for a gun license. He then purchased an automatic Ruger, Ruger Mini 14 rifle through getting a hunting license. I found this part funny. Anders is pouring in his manifesto on a regular basis about how he was using the popular video game Call of Duty for training simulation. He also wrote how he would play World of Warcraft. War- oh, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. To simply relax. I don't think it's a relaxing game. No, it's not. It's very, like, high... I don't play it, but I, I don't probably play see it. it looks like a very high-stress, trying-to-stay-alive game. Exactly. Same with Call of Duty. You're yelling at people being like, Oh! I'm my team! Get the fuck out of the way! Yeah, pretty much. I, I have played Call of Duty. I actually like Call of Duty. And, like, you kind of have to... I mean, I, I, I don't know. I He's just a weird guy. Let's just be funny. <laughs> so... A neighbor of Anders' farm described him uh, as being a city dweller who wore expensive shirts and who nothing about rural ways, whereas a local bar owner reported no weird habits or traits of Anders anytime he came in the bar. And this is interesting because the bar owner apparently, allegedly, used to be a profile of passengers' body language at the Oslo airport. He didn't read them very well. Well, he didn't read them very well, but... It kind of made me think, okay, so either this guy's really was really shit at his job, or Anders is really good at, at acting. At acting. trying to be normal. Exactly. Which is clearly a sex. 
I mean, I think he's tried to be normal all of his life. Mm-hmm. So this isn't... Normal, new normal to him. Exactly. So let's jump to where things get not great at all. So on July 22nd, 2011, Anders woke up dressed in a police uniform and loaded a van with homemade explosives before driving off for the day. A police uniform? Yeah. No. He's not a police officer. He's not an officer. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. No. He just picked up the uniform and... Gonna start acting. Pretty much. Continuing the acting. Mm. So Anders' first stop was to set off a fertilizer bomb outside the high-rise office of Prime Minister Jens Stoltenberg in Oslo. At 3.26 p.m., the bomb goes off and takes the lives of eight people. Within a few hours of this transpiring, Anders heads to the Eat Oya Island, a smallish island owned by the Workers' Youth League, which holds an annual summer camp and is associated with the Labour Party, which is a social democratic political party. At this time, there are approximately 650 young people at the camp probably enjoying their summer day. Mm-hmm. Anders came onto the island, once again, still dressed up as a cop, and explained to the staff there that he had come to the island to follow up regarding the explosions in Oslo. So he comes up, he's like, hey, I just want to follow up. There's been, you know, an accident or an incident in Oslo. Like, I don't know exactly what he said, but it didn't take long, though, and Anders began opening fire. He still, he wouldn't stop until the police came almost an hour after the first alarm call was made. When police did arrive, Anders immediately surrendered. The police then interrogated Anders on the island until they were able to move him into a holding cell in Oslo and Anders reportedly admitted to the crimes and know that he did this shit because he was trying to quote save Norway and Western Europe from a Muslim takeover. He noted that he went to the island essentially because he felt the Labour Party had to pay because they were letting down Norway and its people. So they're like shot everybody on the island. Literally yeah and not just anybody kids. So sad. Kids staff that were working there um, combined with the bomb, reported 77 people were killed, 33 of them being under the age of 18. Yes. Anders referred to himself, and this is a direct quote from Wikipedia, because, I mean, all my direct quotes are pretty much from Wikipedia, <laughs> in case you haven't picked up on that. Uh, the greatest monster, he, that he was the greatest monster si- since Quisling. Uh, Vidkin Quisling was a Norwegian military officer and Nazi collaborator who essentially led the government of Norway during the occupation of Nazi Germany during World War II. He would be found guilty of charges of embezzlement, murder, and high treason against Norway and was executed by firing squad in 1945. So essentially Anders is like, yeah, I'm the new monster of Norway, essentially. I'm just as bad as this dude. Well, it sounds like it. From fucking, you know, World War II who was like, fucking Nazi. And we'll get to it because the whole Nazi talk doesn't stop here. Okay. Mm. So as he entered his first jail meeting, Anders was met by a mourning, pissed off, and utterly devastated crowd who reportedly shouted, burn in hell, traitor, and what Wikipedia states as other other strong words. (laughs) Foul language. Foul language. Uh, On July 25th, Anders was charged with establishing and destroying basic functions of a society and creating serious fear in the population, both under paragraph 147A and the Norwegian Criminal Code, a.k.a. terrorism. Right off the bat, he's in solitary confinement for approximately four weeks. Andrew, yeah, right? 
Uh, Anders would be held at the Isla prison after arrest, which is a high-security prison just outside of Oslo. He reportedly had three prison cells there, one where he could sleep, one to watch TV and use a PC, so a computer, uh, without any internet connection, finally a third one with gym equipment. So he had three cells, which I think is more than... A little excessive for terrorists. Yeah, and I... Look, I'm not... I'm not here to shit on Norway because, as you know, mm-hmm. that's where my father's side of the family comes from. I've got Norwegian on, heritage on, in me and on my back as a tattoo. Their jail justice system, in comparison to, like, let's say the United States, super light. Mm-hmm. Like, like you look at the state's jail system and you're like, oh god, this is pretty. You know, and then you look at Norway and this guy has three cells, one including a TV and a computer to play on, right? Like Free terrorist. Yeah. And I mean, I know we as Canadians have also been told that our jail systems and our prisons have been considered light. I don't know if they're that light. I don't know if they're this light. Mm. I mean, prove like, once again, email us, tell us your opinions, because like, I don't know, but... I read that and I was like, uh, why does he have three? This guy should only have like a little hole. But that's just me being yeah. abrasive and angry because he's a dick. Anyways, <clears throat> another weird tidbit was that only uh, selected prison staff with special training were allowed to work with Anders. And I think this may be, be because of his personality. Like I think, I think there's something about him that like only certain staff could do. Like I feel like he could manipulate people pretty mm-hmm. easily. Uh, speaking of which, Anders underwent his first court-appointed forensic psychiatry, psych- psychiatric, oh my gosh, words, psychiatric assessment in 2011. The psychiatrist diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia, further noting that this disorder may have bloomed over time and he probably had a psychotic break the day of the attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, the psychiatrist found that Anders was criminally insane He displayed inappropriate and blunted effects and a wild lack of empathy. He further reported uh, disclosed grandiose and delusional thoughts and apparently connected himself as the future regent of Norway, a master of life and death, and my least favorite, Europe's most perfect night since World War II. That's a problem. Those are a lot of titles to be thrown around. (laughs) Like, just pick one and done. You know what I mean? Like, let's not... Let's not... Let's get on carried away. Yeah. Tone it down a bit, buddy. The roids are probably still kicking in. Both homicidal and suicidal, Anders reportedly expressed that he felt insulted by the psychiatric report. Oh, poor baby. So this is psychopath. Yeah. Which was apparently debated in Norway by mental health experts over the definition of criminal insanity. So on January 13th, 2012, the court ordered another psychiatric assessment in which, at first, Anders refused to meet with the new doctors, however, changed his mind the next month. He loves playing drama. He's just a very, like, I don't want to do it. You can't make me in the next month being very, like, okay, well, okay I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll talk to them. Ugh. So the new psychiatrist diagnosed Anders with antisocial personality uh, and nar- nar- Gosh, narcissistic. narcissistic personality disorders, but sane overall. They didn't find him criminally insane. They found him sane. Fucking sane. Mm, questionable. Yep, which Anders actually wanted because essentially he didn't want to be sent to a mental hospital. He even wrote at one point, quote, I must admit this is the worst thing that could have happened to me as it 
is the ultimate humil humiliation. To send a political activist to a mental hospital is more sadistic and eviler than to kill him. It is a fate, fate worse than death. So essentially when they were like, yeah, he's criminally insane. He's like, how dare you say this? Like, I'm not insane. I'm just a political activist. How dare you say that I'm criminally insane? It's like, okay, buddy, you called yourself the World War II knight. Like, I, I don't know how to break this to you, but you're not really fully there on this, on the realistic level that we all, the rest yeah. of us are. And not only that, but you've killed 77 people and you're kind of cool as a cucumber about it, which means that there's something off. off. Mm -hmm. Normal people don't do that. And don't show no regard for it. And don't show no regard for it. And even if, like, even if you have your reasonings, your reasonings are kind of shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, God. I think I pre-warned you about this one. I'm like, this one's going to piss you off because it pissed me off. Sorry. <laughs> so, jumping to uh, August 24th, 2012, Anders was declared sane and sentenced to containment, which is essentially our version of life. Okay. Uh, containment is essentially for an approximate period of 21 years and a minimum 10 years, uh, which is the max penalty in Norway. 10 or 20? What? 21 is the max. So, like, not far off us. I think ours is 25. 25, right? So, now we're going to jump to his jail life. Because this is where shit gets even more fucking wild. Alright. You think things are weird? Well, let me tell you. So, Anders has apparently, and I may have read this wrong, the longest term in the current jail in comparison to other inmates, which is bananas, but also goes to show that, like, this kind of shit doesn't really happen in Norway as, or as much in Norway as, like, other places. Mm -hmm. And for retrospect of the comparison, apparently in 2016, there were only 10 or 11 people in prison in the high security jail. That seems very little. It's very little, and, like, he had the longest sentence. I'm pretty, that's what I think, I th I'm pretty sure I read it one place, but I don't know if that's, like, balls to the wall legit, you know? So, since 2014-2015, Anders kind of receives a prison visitor every so often, using a military chaplain every two weeks. This person is usually paid by the government to visit him. So, just essentially... They pay someone to go visit him? Yep. Okay. Which I'm not, like... I don't know. See, I'm so torn because it's like, I get, like, there, yes, there's still people too at the end of the day, but, like, this guy killed 77 people. He killed, like... Who cares if someone goes to him? Don't pay someone to go see him. Don't pay him. Don't waste the money. That's our tax dollars. Exactly. Or whatever that works over there. Exactly. So, Vanka was visiting Anders until she passed away of breast cancer in 2013, and then a researcher who was also approved to see Anders was, you know, visiting him at one point, but no one else has been granted access to visit. Anders is reportedly isolated from everyone except for having contact with health healthcare workers and the guards, and he reportedly received um, electric typewriter and an Xbox in his cell. What? The Xbox has no internet, just so we're clear. I don't care. And I, it, There's free exactly, games on there. I know, exactly. You could still play games on there without internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fuck. How frustrated are you? Yeah, because I'm frustrated. Anyways, so... Apparently, Anders was enrolled in political science in a, in a political science degree from the University of Oslo in 2015, even though he didn't have internet. He completed two courses, but because of the tough prison conditions, he had to drop out. Hmm. Poor Who gives a fuck? I know, right? Like, really? You 
sad piece of shit, like, you're really gonna be that... Ugh, I just can't. Anyways. Oh, here's a good part. Oh, okay. Um, at some point in March 2016, Anders claimed he had become a Nazi in prison. So, oh, he wasn't before? Okay. Yeah, apparently he declared he walked out on that month and that year. He's like, yo, I'm a Nazi. Just in case no one knew, I'm a Nazi. And it's just like, wow. Okay. Kick rocks, buddy. No one gives a shit. <laughs> so, at some point, uh, you know, after declaring he's a Nazi now, he would also go on to be the jail whiner. So, complaining about prison conditions in a 27-page letter and would even threaten a hunger strike. He never went on a hunger strike. Uh, on March 15, 2016, Anders appears back in court as he goes against the Norwegian state, uh, claiming that his human rights have been violated whilst in jail. A month and a bit later, Anders actually wins part of the lawsuit, mostly over solitary confinement in prison. With three jail cells and Xboxes? Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, like, okay, I'm not about human rights being, like, if you're in jail, like, I'm not, I'm not cool for, like, guards randomly beating the shit out of you or, like, stabbing you or, like, you know what I mean? Like, some things I feel like we see on TV, like, that shit can't happen. No, I get it. Like, and I get, like, we're not trying to make you, like, have the shittiest experience. Like, you're in jail. So you're gonna be in jail, you're gonna get your square meals, have a shower, you're gonna get clothes. Use your time to think about what the fuck you did. But you don't need anything else extra. No. Let me tell you that. But, like, the fact, like... And that's the thing. I, I don't I we don't know the details of what exactly went down. There's his story, the jail story, and then the story we hear. Mm-hmm. I'm not sticking up for him in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying it'd be interesting to actually know more about what exactly kind of went on. I don't I couldn't find that information. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here for like any excessive beating. But yeah. to this asshole, maybe, because like I'm sorry, like seventy-seven people. Mm-hmm. Like Ugh, anyways. And he's a nod, like, just, uh, anyways. Can't tell, I'm not a huge fan of him. No. Like, when I, I wanted to cover him because I wanted to cover a case that wasn't in Canada or the States, and when I, like, recall the whole story, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll cover him, and then I learned more about it, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's a douche. Like, uh, like I really want now, to. Now I have to talk about him, because I just want to rip him a new one. Anyways. So... As mentioned, uh, when part of the lawsuit, then almost a year later to the date when he entered back in court, an appeals court overturns the lower court ruling uh, that Anders' jail conditions were inhuman. So essentially they're like, yeah, not really. They, they weren't that, you know, you're good. Like, just stop. And then that kind of just ends there. Like, it was overturned and I think it was dropped at some point. Good. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the fucking manifesto. Hold on. This. I'm holding on. Yeah. Grip your chairs and just hold it together, people, because it's... Um, I'm not going to deep dive into this asshole's manifesto because I didn't really want to, but because I have mentioned it, I figured I might as well just, like, chit-chat a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. So the manifesto titled 2083, a European... European? A European Declaration of Independence is a 1,518-page book by Anders under the name Andrew Berwick. That's excessive. In court, Anders admitted to plagiarism, appearing, apparently using the good old copy-and-paste method from a handful of websites. Uh, the manifesto goes over his preparation for the attacks, about the farm, and whatnot. And this manifesto, in short, was essentially Anders' obsession over the extreme far-right views 
and expressed extreme racist and multiculturally diminishing statements throughout. So from Wikipedia, Benjamin Teitelbaum, a former professor of Nordic studies at the University of Colorado, argued that several parts of the manifesto suggested that Anders was concerned about race, not only about Western culture or Christianity, labeling him a white nationalist. Doesn't sound bad. Doesn't sound right. No. No. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Hilariously, though, Anders apparently documented the importance of using Wikipedia as a venue for disminitating views and information to the general public. Apparently, another terrorist from Australia, Brenton Harrison Tarrant, who killed 51 people who identified as Muslims, mentioned Anders in his manifesto as someone he supported. So they're just fucking pen pals writing about each other in their fucking manifestos, like schoolgirls writing about boys they like in their diary. Wasn't that just fucking cute? It's just disgusting. Thanks. Hate it. Let's move on. So on September 5th, 2018, Netflix released the crime drama film based off of the attack titled July 22nd. It explains the breakdown of what took place on the fateful day. Oh, is that what that thing is? Yeah. I almost watched that and I didn't. I, I watched it. It was hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to Like, not hard to watch that it was bad, but just hard to watch because it, of the story. Yeah. 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 Uh, with an, av- an average Rotten Tomatoes review of 6.9 out of 10, it has been described as, um, and this is a direct quote from Wiki again, July 22nd offers a hard-hitting close-up look at the after-effects of terrorism telling a story with a thriller's visceral impact and the lingering emotional renaissance of drama. Um, so before I kind of end off, I for this episode, you'll notice once the episode's been released, but I've made like a little video paying tribute to all the victims, just of their names and everything. I, I'm going to be transparent as shit. I, I was going to say all their names at the end of the episode, but knowing me and knowing the fact I get tongue-tied over simple English, I really did not want to show any disrespect and mispronouncing anything mm-hmm. if it's Anders or Anders I don't give a fuck he's a piece of shit but yeah. the victims like I, I just didn't want to do it that way so um you know it's unfortunate that this happened beyond words and it's just really sad that even though time has gone on this guy is still pretty pretty much living comfy by what I'm living I mean. a good life that yeah he shouldn't be that he shouldn't be, and that he took the lives of 77 people with him, yeah. Because potentially he would, well, and that's the thing too, like, I know he was found criminally sane, but like, obviously he wasn't well. No. And yeah, like, he had a very long childhood of like perfecting the act of acting and yeah. being okay when he's not. Exactly. And, you know, he did have a rough childhood. I'm not gonna diminish that. It sounded fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that. Even the people that were fighting to get him out of Venka's grasp weren't able to. But it goes to show that, like, there should be, there should be something preventative, right? Like, hopefully this is kind of a chance for, you know, in Norway, I don't know what their mental health care exactly looks like, but hopefully there's something there now that kind of can kind of keep an eye out and maybe be a little bit more assertive in these situations, mm-hmm. if there are similar situations. And that's my case. So a little tense one today. A little tense, yeah. I know the last two were pretty. Like we covered Area Fifty One. We did the Empress Hotel. We just mm-hmm. finished off Mini Spooks for mm-hmm. October. Like we've been 
doing pretty good. Um, but the yeah, late, the latest side. Yeah, this one I really wanted to cover though. A because I haven't heard another podcast cover it. I mean, I'm sure there's other podcasts that have, but I haven't heard it yet. Mm. And it's one of those things where you don't really hear about mass killings in Norway. No. Like, at all. Like, it's not to be, like, whatever, but it's mostly in the States or Canada or, you know. Yeah, you hear the stuff, usually hear the stuff more close to home. Exactly. And I think because we are separated by a body of, oak, body of water, essentially, we don't necessarily hear about it. But this is a big one that's mm-hmm. that's happened. So I'm going to jump into my resources. So, of course, as mentioned throughout the episode, I obviously use Wikipedia. Um, I also use the Anders uh, biography by biography.com editors, published April 2nd, 2014. Norway attacks the victims, um, which was a BBC News article posted March 15, 2016. CNN Norway terror attacks fast facts, uh, July 29th, 2020. And that's actually it. Nice. Yeah. So can you tell these fine weirdos where they can find us if they want to listen to more bullshit stories about people who are awful? (laughs) Yes, you can find us on our various platforms, as always. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, write a review, give us some stars, we love that. Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Good Pods, and Buy Me a Coffee. Yes. Then feel free to email us any suggestions or anything in general to Weird Distractions Podcast at Outlook.com, to tweet at us on Twitter at Weird Distract I1, and hit us up our Insta page at Weird Distractions Board. And make sure to listen to the very end of the episode so you can hear a podcast promo from our good buddies at Tennis Pod. I love their podcast. It's so fun. They, like, break down essentially, like, the top ten lists. So they've done, like, Jim Carrey movies. They've done, like, top ten most notorious serial killers. They've done a bunch of stuff. So um, that's a really good podcast. And then our podcast from last episode, which was Once Upon a Nightmare, Uh, Lorraine does an exceptional job in terms of she looks at I think various like horror movies and true crime movies as well as actual like true crime cases too and she's lovely and the guys from Tennis Pods are lovely everybody's lovely except for this this douche story on except for Anders so we hope you're doing well thank you so much for supporting the show thank you so much for continuously listening and providing feedback We appreciate you beyond words. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Bye-bye. Are you into top 10 lists? What about pop culture? Or maybe you're just a nerd like us. We've got a show for you, loser. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. We're the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, a comedy and edutainment podcast covering a new top tennis list every week, including fun facts and trivia. We've covered lists such as the top 10 most popular 90s songs on Spotify. The deadliest animals. The worst U.S. presidents. The leading causes of death. The best-selling video game franchises. The most common murder methods. Okay, are you going to give one that isn't about death? The deadliest jobs in America. <sighs> Listen to these and countless other top 10 lists every Wednesday at TennisPod.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Top horror villains by their kill count. I think we're done here. If you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance to see you will die. We are the Tennis Podcast. That's one zero ish Bye.